March 28th, Suffering versus Judgment, 1 Samuel chapter 31. As prophesied by the spirit of Samuel in Endor, King Saul was at the end of his life. The mortally wounded king would soon fall on his sword after being defeated in battle. Reading from 1 Samuel 31. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons, and the Philistine killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua, Saul's sons. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was severely wounded by the archers. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. That's 1 Samuel chapter 31, verses 2-4, through 4, New King James Version. Israel's first king, Saul, was now dead. He would not make the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The Bible makes clear that despite starting out quite well, Saul greatly displeased the Lord. His kingdom was removed from him in the line of Benjamin and given to David in the line of Judah. Saul's son, Jonathan, was also dead. He had been a great friend of David and a godly hero for the people of Israel. Saul had tormented David for over a decade, forcing him to flee for his life and live on the run. Saul had also killed 85 priests who were innocent victims of a misunderstanding over one of David's escapes. God finally had had enough and removed Saul and his line from the throne once and for all. Jonathan was an innocent victim of Saul's treachery, collateral damage, and God's permitted judgment against Saul and for his wicked actions and unfaithfulness. The judgment of God came down hard on Saul and his family. Sin can have serious consequences that impact the loved ones or the ones we love the most. But divine judgment of this type is very rare. Saul had been given innumerable chances to repent and to turn back towards God, but he always refused and continued to try to kill David, the Lord's anointed replacement for his throne. When horrible things happen to us or to our loved ones, we immediately assume that as a judgment from God caused by our own sin or some displeasure we have brought upon God. This is most probably not the case. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet many do not experience the same level of suffering that some others do. And by the way, that's a scripture, Romans 3.23. Suffering may be used by God to draw us closer to him, but most likely he did not choose it for us. Rather, for heavenly reasons, he permitted it to occur in our lives. Suffering is a consequence of living in a fallen world, one that has been corrupted by the sin of all of us who live in it and impacted as well by dark spiritual forces. There are reasons why things happen that we may never know or understand in this life. The book of Job in the Bible sheds some light on the types of spiritual battles that may lie beyond our perception when we experience suffering. It speaks of a heavenly conference where Satan and others are together in the presence of God. Reading from Job chapter 1. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered, my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. 
So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Job chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. Job had a pristine character and a faith which brought great pleasure to the Lord. What more could a true believer want than to bring joy to God himself through faith and generous action? But we see in this text that there is a spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes in the world around us. And for divine purposes, God permitted Satan to bring terrible pain and suffering into Job's life. This was not God's idea or judgment, but he did permit it to occur. As a result of Satan's attacks, Job experienced miserable loss and tremendous personal suffering. It certainly appeared to Job that he had been forsaken by God, who at Satan's request had lifted the divine hedge of protection that was over him. Job must have thought, as Christ would later speak on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Job was confused by his suffering and had no idea what he had ever done to deserve to be abandoned by God like this. To make matters worse, his wife prodded him to give up his faith and curse God. Job's friends also incorrectly assumed that he had done something wrong to deserve the suffering, and this only added insult to Job's injury. Later, Jesus, the innocent lamb, would voluntarily go to the cross to bear all of our sin and shame. It was his pleasure to suffer for us, even though we were all living in sin and selfishness. He lovingly exchanged his life for ours. He did this so that we may be purified and qualified to live with him forever in glory. He did not come to earth to condemn us, but to save us. And that's John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. God also did not forget about Job and his suffering. Reading from Job chapter 42 at the end of that book, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. That's Job chapter 42, verses 10 and 12. Like many of us, Job went through his season of suffering, but it was clearly not a judgment from God. Similarly, most of the suffering we experience is not a punishment for some sin we have committed. Rather, it is the consequence of living in a world that is temporarily under the curse of sin. This curse will be removed once Christ returns and sets up his eternal kingdom in the New Jerusalem, free from any enemies, tragedies, or sicknesses to come against us. Reflection. What is the most severe suffering that you have experienced in life? And if you believe that God sent you this suffering as a punishment or a personal judgment, most likely he did not. Let us pray. Father God, thank you that you deeply love each one of us. May we take comfort in your healing presence and be a comfort to others who are experiencing a season of suffering. We ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. And reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And may the Lord richly bless you and heal you of any hurt that you are carrying today.